welcome to Next Tuesday Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Caroline. I'm Susie. And we're making women great again. Even though we were always great. We'll see you next and every Tuesday. This is so fucking cheesy. <laughs> I'm just so, so natural. So welcome to the Next Tuesday Podcast. Welcome. Happy spring. Happy spring. Thank God. We officially have had the spring equinox as of yesterday. And I have to say, I am a bit confused by it because I feel like this whole February until now has felt like spring. And then as the times moved back, uh, the clocks moved back, it felt like we were moving backwards into winter. But now I think we're in spring? I think so. I mean, it's supposed to be. I have had a Tupperware full of my winter clothes and my spring clothes sitting in my floor because it's been so warm and Mm -hmm. it's been so gross. So I'm very excited to be able to get all that out. Clear it. Clear it. Spring cleaning. Mm. Legit spring cleaning. So get all... Because I switched my wardrobes over, which... Because in my last apartment, I didn't have any closets. Oh. Yeah. I feel like that's my house. Our closet space is so minimal. Yeah. So I'm in the guest room, in our room, I in had, the closet, in the hallway. <laughs> I had a lot I had like a, a lofty type I lived in the top floor of an old tobacco warehouse. So it was because you hadn't seen my apartment, my no, old one. So yeah. it was awesome and I loved it, but there was just like no storage. I did have like one sort of closet, but you had to walk through it to get to the bathroom. So it's not like a closet where you could throw stuff. It mm-hmm. had to look nice. Yeah. And it didn't have a door. So I still switch over my stuff in the spring and in the fall because it's just, I'm in that habit of still yeah. doing it. That was my goal a couple weeks ago when it got warm. Yeah. And then it would be like 75 and then it would be 40 and then we had snow and then it was 70 again. And right now, like it was cold this morning and then it got nice out and now it's getting overcast again. So I just don't even know. Yeah, it's very confusing, which is kind of like I feel like where I've been in my head the past few weeks. That's a good point. <laughs> I think, um, and and confusing and just like my energy has been weird and I think I'm more tired and a lot of it is like I just don't know what I, I want to do. Well, I, I mean, again, like we all know Rob Lisko is something, but kind of navigating how to get it going again has been... Well, I think it's just, I mean, you have this thing and you have all, you have requests for product or you have whatever, but I think what you were doing is trying to figure out where you are moving next. Yeah, and as like a human being as yeah. well, I think. And so spring is the greatest time for a reset, so I'm resetting my body with a juice cleanse. Thank you, ginger juice. The next few days, and then um, I'm jumping on the raw food bandwagon for... I don't know how long, honestly, but I'm just going to try and do a little mind, body, spiritual, let things go, detoxification. I'm reading this book at the moment, and it's all about um, healthy ways to detox. It's like the Detox Miracle source book. Yeah, it's just phenomenal. So, Who's it by? By Robert Morris, and it was recommended by a raw food chef and holistic health practitioner, that was a part of our training. Um, so, yeah, it's been my Bible to be like, how do I just get clear? And so spring is that time. On spring is that time. Physical level. Speaking of getting clear, yesterday after, yeah, yesterday after drinking for St. Patrick's Day, now I feel very clear. 
my system is very cleared out. Interesting. Post binge drinking, because that was rough. I saw you out, and I didn't feel like that drunk. But yeah, the next I didn't morning, think you were very drunk. I don't. I don't think I was, but I mean, I wasn't. I definitely wasn't. But I think my stomach had just been so. It's been kind of been in, in knots You've from stress. Been having a lot of intense weeks. Yeah, I've been having a lot of intense weeks back to back, and then so I think that mixed with three beers in a row, which for me is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> for me is a lot. I never drink beer, so any beer in a row is like. Actually, I take that back. You know what? It wasn't even beer. I think the problem was I had a Paloma, which is one of my favorite drinks. So it's tequila. Tequila and grapefruit. Love it too. I love tequila. Tequila and grapefruit. And then I had an Irish car bomb because it was St. Patrick's Day. So like we're going, as one does. So we're going straight from like, you know, tequila in South America to Irish car bomb from Ireland. Yeah. And then I went to, and then I had a Cabernet. A glass of Cabernet. Yeah, right that. and that's the point where I saw you because I was like all about the cab. Yeah, and then so I think the mixing of those, the stress, yeah, and then the pizza sandwich I had at oh you did get pizza. ten p.m. Oh, a pizza sandwich from Uptown Deli. Shout out at ten o'clock at night. I think between all that, my body was just like, huh. Well, and your stomach's already a bit crazy. My stomach is weird. So, um, yeah, but I feel I feel great. Fabulous. <laughs> Well, you know, there are some other ways to to do that, but if you feel like you got it out, you got it out. And then I spent yesterday drinking champagne on the porch. Well, that's bubbly and sparkly, so you're getting all of that, like, happy times back into you. It was great. It was actually a good good experience yesterday, because the weather yesterday was weird, too. It was cold, and then it was warm, and then the wind, when it blew, it was cold. I can't even remember what yesterday was like. I went to Trader Joe's and, like, stocked up on my superfoods. What do you get at Trader Joe's when you go? Oh, my gosh. I freaking love Trader Joe's. I go there for their pound of cashews. They have raw cashews. Um, What's the difference between a raw cashew and a non-raw cashew? Well, like, raw cashews, they haven't been cooked, and they haven't been salted, and they're just plain. So they're great for all the raw cooking, and I soak them and dehydrate them. So I get all of my nuts there. And then I get coconut shavings because they have organic coconut shavings for like a buck ninety nine. I get they have the best almond butter. All their fruits and veg are always way more inexpensive than like the Krogs um, or Elwoods or their usually those are grocery local. stores. Yeah, I'm totally abbreviating. But most importantly, at Trader Joe's, I get their $4.99 organic wine or $4.95 organic oh. wine, which is stocked in our house all the time. So that's a good list of stuff to get. Yeah, I get everything there. That's good to know. Spent, I drop money. I went to, I've been shopping at Aldi, which is a very inexpensive uh, grocery okay. store because it's right when I leave my office, it's directly across the street so i've been talking that but you can't get everything there like it's not stocked at all times in all areas yeah it's just very very basic stuff but um so i went to an actual grocery store yesterday a non-trader joe's i went to a kroger and i got a ton of stuff i'm like oh this will probably be like 50 bucks whatever oh 85 dollars later oh oh my god adulting i know Speaking of adulting, I know that we all want to hear Kara's story, myself included, because I feel exposed and she's not, so. (laughs) But we do want to just say that as she is clearing out, um, she's clearing out mentally and physically, we're we're just postponing her sharing, so know that 
I'm come. It'll she's, come. She's coming. And we've also had so many really awesome interviews that That's we wanted true. to drop those. Yeah. So I'll be there eventually when the time is right. Our intention was to have her this week. But this but interview if, came up that was so oh, good. And that's true. We did meet um, the woman that we're going to introduce in a moment. Alicia was very serendipitous. She's an, a phenomenal entrepreneur in New York City. And so we are going to introduce her to you now. All right. Welcome to the Next Tuesday podcast, Alicia Golden. Welcome to the Next Tuesday podcast. Yay! Yay. Yay. (laughs) Lots of voices today. Kara and I, Suze, are um, super excited. A coming together of the universe, I guess. We have Alicia Golden here with us from New York City, originally from Pennsylvania, who is a spiritual activist and founder of Obergata Group and Transform Ventures. And we have her best friend who brought her to Richmond, Jennifer Carden. She is also an inspiring human who is a community organizer and a yogi. Yes. Thank you so much yeah. for having us. Thank you. We're happy to have you both. Yeah. Because, right? I mean, there's between the two of them. So I met Jen at a workshop, a breath workshop in Richmond the other weekend. And literally within five minutes of meeting Jen, I was like, okay, yeah, like we should be friends. And she was like, yeah, I'm doing this really awesome self-care workshop at my house next weekend. You should come. And I was like, yeah, I, <laughs> I like self-care. Of course I should. Who doesn't like Um, self-care? Especially now. Especially now, yeah. And so I showed up, and then I met Alicia, and had, we went through this wild Mm -hmm. evening, and... um, Meanwhile, I was drunk, drinking at brunch. (laughs) Well, actually, at dinner, because this was still Friday night, but actually, Kara was messaging me all these questions about our podcast, and I was like, I can't talk to you. (laughs) I'm not supposed to use my phone, and then it, like... Yeah, I took your phone away from you. Yeah, at, like, 1.30 in the morning, I was like, um, I'm sorry. Yes, we will take our photos tomorrow morning, but I met this amazing girl we're going to interview. So we have Alicia, and we just had this like massive connection through a lot of things but then I was so excited to hear about what she was doing in the world so yeah I'm so happy to be here thanks for having me guys and yeah just to add on that it was so great to meet you Susie on Friday night and just to connect in the way that we did and to share from a very um organic and deep place just very off the bat it was like yes yeah you know another sister um, and I'm excited to meet Kara and and get to know her better. We're already over here bonding, bonding <laughs> over, over granola, granola and inappropriate does. jokes. So oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. all that stuff. We love being inappropriate. Bodily functions. Yeah, yeah you know, burps, the whole burps. Burps. Jack yeah. farts a lot with us. We all know Jack Lemon, the yeah. dog. Jack Lemon the Beagle. Um, totally. So Alicia, in your own words. What is it that you do? There's lots of fancy terms. Yeah, I mean, are they? <laughs> um, I Sometimes when people ask, I'm like, I'm a fixer. I fix things. Um, I love that. Yeah. Because that's what I say I do. I'm like, I fix problems. Yeah. That's... And I, there's a lot of different ways to do that. And I love that we have somebody else on the podcast who's a fixer. I don't know. I don't really know where I was going with that, but I just... <laughs> I was thinking about today, like, what I do and my job and my purpose in life, as one does when you're a 20 millennial, you know? Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, and it's part of being that fixer is also having the lens to see what 
is broken and what needs fixed long before uh, oftentimes the people around you, the people you're working with do. And so that's right. really been uh, the defining arc in my professional and personal uh, career. Um, just a little bit about me. I, for the past 10, almost 11 years now, have worked um, with startups, uh, building, scaling, growing, um, the whole bit, mm-hmm. uh, particularly at the intersection of tech and social impact. And so I think that's where I've kind of like taken on that name as the fixer because literally have come in at any stage of the venture and taken on so many, uh, so many roles uh, within as sort of this fixer to kind of come and fine tune and tweak and to shoot them out into the universe. Yeah. Um, I just want to pause for a moment because I'm curious, like how did you find your way into this niche? Because it is very much like kind of a specific focus of startup and thinking about um, the tech. Yeah, it is. It's, it's funny that you ask because I, you know, if this were maybe five or seven years ago, if you asked me, I'd be like, I have no fucking idea. Yeah. And even now I'm like, uh, but, but I've done a lot of, you know, reverse engineering of myself and mm, of my life. Nice term. I like that. Reverse engineering. Write it down. Yeah, you know? I need to. I think I'm reverse engineering at the moment. I'm writing down a lot right now. Um, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I think that's where the whole spiritual activism comes in. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of this stuff, um, a lot of the work that I do has really started with the work that I started doing on myself. Coming into the world, you know, as a young woman. With big dreams. <laughs> As we all have. But yeah, and, and becoming very aware of where my personal unresolved stuff bled out into uh, the work that I wanted to do and the goals that I wanted to achieve. It became very paramount for me to go within and start auditing, you know, what I was carrying or what no longer worked perhaps from childhood or adolescence or even the day before, right, mm-hmm. that needed to be uh, looked at and and either healed, resolved, or changed for so just to be blunt with it. So you had that awareness. You start to, <laughs> you, start to you know, uh, make some mistakes here and there, and then you're like, okay, where's the pattern here? Mm. Where does this, where does this, uh, where does this lead to? Where, where is this coming from? That's really where it started, and then from there it was like, okay, how do I show up on time more? These little small things that led to like, oh, wow, what is this resentment that I'm harboring from 10 years ago? It was really like a sequence of breadcrumbs of, like I said before, reverse engineering myself and getting down to the core, and the core of it was the spiritual plane of where, you know, the root of things. So instead of dealing at the cause, going right to the effect, and, and then be able to, able to do that for myself, I started to be able to do that for other people through coaching and mentoring and things like that. And I was like, shit, I don't want to scale a career of this. This is kind of mm. bullshit. You're, you were saying shit to being a coach and to mentoring other people? Not to mentoring, because I've always done that, and okay. I've never shied away from that. I was saying no to scaling a coaching business. Yeah. I just... It didn't resonate. It yeah, felt, it right. felt, you know, and at this point, if I'm kind of going back to the beginning, I'm like in my early 20s, what the fuck can I coach you on, really? Mm. Even though I have a wealth of insight and a wealth of experience from what I've done for myself, like there's still a lot of living to do, um, a lot of insight to gain. 
and this could just be my own personal stuff but just kind of the world around coaching it didn't it didn't vibe with me and i wanted to 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 be able to bring something more tangible with with what i was doing and so i was really i, I was a communications major same no. <laughs> i was yeah. going to and it's it yeah it, uh, i mean i it means nothing <laughs> but that's kind of where well, you can communicate yeah i don't know if it came from school though i gotta be honest like <laughs> I don't know. I think that just came from like being forced to, like being forced to like find words for some very complex things at times and be able to sp- explain things to people whether you're working with them. But yeah, so from that communication side of things, um have always had a fascination for like what makes people tick? What makes people decide to buy or what makes people decide to choose one path or another, one product or another? So I just began to like do consulting through branding and then I took a job working with a bunch of startups right out of school it was actually my uncle's company it was just like SMEs mostly and helping them scale and it was very far off from what I do now but it was just interesting to be like on the ground floor of people doing business especially like uh, grassroots levels of business right I bet Uh, you learned a lot a lot a lot there that a lot of people maybe have not who are starting their own businesses don't get to see or don't even realize is a thing. Yeah, you know, so much. it's funny that you say that because I, a lot of what I saw then is a lot of what's happening now within this whole entrepreneurial space. I mean, there was a lot of people doing really cool things, but there was a lot of people just talking about it. And so like right now where entrepreneurialism is so popular and it's so sexy and everybody's trying to do it, um, we see a lot of people playing house you know oh my god yes yeah and you know like touting labels and and talking about a lot of stuff but what are they actually doing so so i got a a a deep awareness of that early on i was like oh okay so everybody that says they're this or says they're that isn't necessarily doing that um Mm -hmm. there's some sort of because of i guess where we are in society and culture there's some sort of esteem and sort of air of coolness that goes with being an entrepreneur. entrepreneur. It's kind of bullshit. Yeah. It's not <laughs> sexy at all. It's just, it's not. It's it's not sexy. You can barely pay your bills for a while. And you got to be deeply committed. Um, and it's a lot of work and a lot of hustle and a lot of like, a lot of um, facing rejection. Yes. It's a lot of that. And so I'm seeing like, I'm, it's almost like I'm, prepared for these times and understand them a bit better because of that experience and so I'm deeply 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 grateful and from that experience actually I started this rate online radio show at the time uh, I think it was like 2007 or 2008 and I was interviewing these women I was like like us yeah it was so it was so funny I just had this inkling I was like there's something about the the feminine dynamic and feminine energy that is so phoenix like and there's something so resurrectory I don't that's not a word but there's something so transformative about uh, women and how they've been able to overcome and and heal and survive like the craziest things and so so funny this is like in 2007 so this is MySpace was like the thing oh my god Uh, like first of all I had the best MySpace Um, for MySpace you could play music on that oh my gosh I had slideshows (laughs) I had I was just articles it was so dope I curated my page I was so into it but I would go on MySpace and I would like find women who I thought were like doing really dope shit and that I I didn't know but I was like they look like they're up to something and I would just reach out to them and I'd be like hey do you want to be interviewed do you want to be interviewed 
And I just like really grassroots started this show and started interviewing these women and something happened. It was transformative. You know, a woman who was homeless who then started a fashion line and then premiered at Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week and like this woman who had gone through so much loss and death, postal worker who had turned this into like a writing career and published all these books. I was just, it was truly divine. Like I can't, I can't even, you know, give myself credit for this. Um, um, I just, well, I'm giving you a lot of credit I'm because too. this sounds, I'm just sitting here like my mouth is open. This girl's so cool. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just ballsy and I like didn't know what I didn't know. And yeah. so I like didn't have I that did. self-talk to be like, mm. yo, who do you think you are? <laughs> just like randomly <laughs> reach out to me. But that's people. the beauty, right? Like we shouldn't have to think we're anything. We just need to do things. Yeah. That's so beautiful in itself. And I, I've learned that. I've learned that that's, that's part of where the magic happens, the miracles happen, and where we really grow is when we just step out into this intuition. Speaking of women and um, speaking Mm -hmm. to women, like that is something I think that we as women undervalue and underappreciate most in ourselves. I had a conversation with someone today about women's intuition in an interview. And I don't even know how we got there, but we were talking about how strong intuition is. And she was talking about we got off on a tangent about how we're just taught to ignore your intuition for so long, especially as women, because it's like, oh, no, just be nice to that person or give that person a chance or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, like your intuition, you need to listen to that shit that there's something there. Yeah, it's part of that divine feminine energy that for thousands of years has been uh, oppressed and suppressed. And so it's a part of that us being told, don't listen to that, don't trust it. It's a part of that whole kind of subversive force um and it's funny actually when i met Susie, um and we were sort of in this sister circle sharing at jennifer's beautiful retreat um we kind of went around the circle and we were i don't know we were sharing about things that were coming up and the thing that came up for me so strongly was looking back as a child and having this really strong intuition like about so much and not trusting it yes feeling guilty about it well you know i didn't the guilt didn't come until like early adulthood Mm -hmm. when I recognized I wasn't trusting it. I think as a child, I was just like, I knew that. And then, you know, it was very confusing to to know things and not have a basis for how you know it, Mm -hmm. but you just do. Um, And then to not follow it. But yeah, like, I mean, if if that's one thing that I would go back and change or tell my inner younger child self, it would be, you know, you you know what to do and and trust that. there's a lot of societal quotes around trusting your intuition. And, like, I remember, you guys remember, like, making the band with Diddy? Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, so, Danny Kane? Yes. Okay. Um, so I love them still. Aubrey O'Day is <gasps> life. She's amazing Just and life. psycho, but I love her in the best in the best of ways. Like, yeah. <laughs> that that whole, like, showing versus telling, like, they were they were really onto something um, from a marketing perspective, like, that the whole Gary Vee stuff of, like, you know, document, don't curate. Like, that's what they were doing and then putting out these albums going double platinum. Side note, um... Just a little business thing. But what was in, what was interesting is Diddy used to be like, yeah, don't trust your emotions. Your emotions will have you broke. And I just remember this. I'm like, that's kind of true. If I were like, fuck it, I don't want to wake up. Like, I'm tired. Because I, you know, my emotions said that I would never have anything. Yeah. But on the flip side, a lot of times, and most of the time, provided we're not tapped into a lot of, like, drugs or repressing a lot of 
emotions or things like that, our emotions are guiding points to our core center and they're, they're like those breadcrumbs. And so if we pay attention to them without being ruled by them, they'll lead us to a lot of the answers that we're looking for. So how do you pay, how have you learned to pay attention to them without being ruled by them? I know I'm a very emotional person and I'm either, I will either be extremely emotional or I'll just completely cut it off. So where's, how do you train yourself to know that middle ground? Great question. I think... And I can add to this from as a testimony to you as well after you're done. Okay. Yeah. Best friends chiming oh, in. No, just, no I... You have an ability with this. I, this is this is kind of a, a complex answer. I'll try to simplify it as much as possible to yeah. add as much value. But I would say meditation is a big tool with that. Not just meditation alone. A lot of people practice meditation solely as like their spiritual practice. And I just want to tell you right now, meditation alone is not a spiritual practice. It needs to be combined with, first of all, prayer. Because meditation is the time to listen. And if we're not asking any questions and we're not having a a dialogue with God, divine source and power, there's nothing happening. We're just picking up, picking up, picking up stuff. And so we're kind of being pulled by what we don't you know know and then also some sort of spiritual text i personally am a student and teacher of a course of miracles and also follow the life of life of jesus and so these things in combined with meditation have really been uh strong anchors Mm -hmm. and also guideposts and then on top of that like i'm really into like uh new age practices as you know a holistic way of living but i also am very rooted with one foot in the entrepreneurial community and like a hustle tribe right like you need that group of people around you that are just go 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 you know and not in the yeah. sense of like you're overworking yourself but they've got your back and they're they, pushing you yeah there's that push there's that we're we're, we're here to crush it like yeah. you know that very like raw sort of masculine energy to kind of balance with that is how i think that i've done it i don't know what you want to add Ooh, what do I want to add? I'd say Alicia has always been a catalyst when it comes to empowerment, which I think we overuse that term right now. But in that term, there's there's a lot of levels of depth with, with what I've experienced with her. I've always visualized her as a warrior at this holy door guiding people in. And she was probably the first person who helped me on my spiritual journey. I remember one thing she said to me was the only way to is through. Alicia's always been fearless and being able to understand that the microcosm is a part of this larger macrocosm of the world and understanding what's happening internally through our emotions, through our stories, is a guidance into being able to navigate the world at large. And Alicia's always been at the forefront of social change. I remember when you were working with Time Republic, it was the, she was the first person I knew that was working with a shared economy, in a sharing economy structure. Um, so she's always been that pilgrim, and she's always been that warrior being like, okay, this is the way, and very grounded in her faith. And able to listen to her intuition yes. to figure out what's... Yes, right. Huh, Wrong, okay. Good, I also think there's something really awesome when you have friends who are bragging on each other and being like, well, this person's this awesome. And then like, this person's this awesome. Because someone told me a couple weeks ago, you know, my friends don't do this. Mm. My friends don't brag on each other. My friends don't like cut in and say like, no, she's awesome because of this. And so I think there's just a little magic happening. Yeah. That's you're, 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 you're totally right. That's so, so crucial. And I think that's one of the things that 
that we've learned collectively, Jennifer and I, through our friendship is what it looks like to have a mature post like dinners and brunch yeah. uh, uh, sisterhood, friendship mm-hmm. that is supportive, that goes through ups and downs, that ebbs and flows, sort of like... <laughs> That should be like weird, but like sort of in a marriage yeah. where you have, in order to, to sustain a friendship, you have to grow individually and collectively mm-hmm. and you've got to give space for one another to grow and to go through things and and to come out on the other side. And yeah. To navigate our emotions, which are yeah. full of lessons and wisdom in itself. Yeah. I, you know, I really don't like the show Sex and the City, but I will say the one thing they got right was that complex female relationship where it's like yeah sometimes you're gonna hate the shit out of each other and you're gonna want to like punch each other in the face but like when shit hits the fan like you're gonna show up at the door yeah and even if you're mad at that person it's that complex female situation that like yeah it's so fucking cool it is cool and i think the other thing too is it's choosing your family right yeah. and it's like we have chosen families aside from our biological families truth and- and recognizing, like, who are these people that we want to have with us throughout our life, right? Because there's some people that, like, we're going to disconnect from because they were good for a part of life and they taught us a lesson and then they're going to trickle away. And then, like, those people that are going to be with us through all these different phases and to accept unconditionally whoever it is we turn into or, like, all the shit storms that we put each other through, there's magic to that. And those people are gemstones. Mm-hmm. But it also, it takes so much work for ourselves to look at ourselves in the mirror through those shit storms to say, like, you just witnessed all of that. And you're still here you're for still me. Here. And yeah. I'm still here for me. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not a peach. Like, I'm not a peach yeah. sometimes. And I know it. Because it's like we're choosing people to witness the humanity. And I think we've shared before, Kara, like, that humanness can sometimes be so suffocating to ourselves and to what it is and who we want to be in the world. Because to show up and see the bad part, the darkness in ourselves, like, that can be really scary. Yeah. And to trust that people are going to come out and see the light with us and know that that darkness was a part of us, right? And to love that darkness Mm -hmm. and not to hold anything against the darkness. Yeah. That's like pixie dust. Friends, friendship, new age friendship is so not just, we've joked about this before, it's not about just saying affirmations and lighting sage and singing kumbaya all the time. There's a lot of shadow work involved. There's a lot of Mm. death. Well, all friendship, but yeah, Yeah. like that new age component, I totally know what you mean. Diving into the deepness of ourselves. For, For everyone listening, like you're going to partner with and couple with friends and it's not going to always make it past those dark times and that's okay it's i think this whole journey of choosing a family through the friends that you have and and through uh girlfriends that become sisters is it's trial and error and everybody's not going to be up for the journey you just have to be really mindful of your side of the street be very conscious and aware of where maybe you're falling short as a friend or where perhaps you're really willing to walk away from the table when what's called for and what's needed is for you to stay and support your friend through uh, some discomfort on your part or theirs or, you know, to just be there for them. I think we we live in a very disposable time, yes. not just with friends, but with lovers as well. And, and we're so quick to throw people away. And situations, and I'm not by any means saying stay in a toxic situation that's bad for you in the name of like staying, you know, at the table. Stick it out. (laughs) Use your intuition. Yeah, (laughs) sacred boundaries are. But yeah, a part of growing relationships 
past um, one a certain depth, but then a time frame, a long time frame is being there through the thick, the thin, the good and the bad and being supportive enough for your friends to to grow in your presence um, and then also giving them the space to do so. I could sit and talk about this conversation all day because this is like the woo-woo and my jam and friendships and sisterhood and love. Hmm. But um, I also had such magical conversations about the work that you're doing and you shared some stuff with me. So I want to rewind a little bit back to the business side of yourself. What we're talking about is very appropriate for for thinking about business too because, I mean, when we think about entrepreneurship, we think about this relationship with the business and the people involved with it that – we do have to stick through thick and thin, good and bad, especially when we make this decision that we're going out on our own. So I wanted to hear a little bit, like, what got you into this business that you've created, Obergata, and kind of what is, what has that been like starting it? When did you start it? Can you tell us a little bit about this venture that you're on? Yeah, sure. First of all, you made a really great point about transition segueing from that sisterhood and friendship conversation into partnerships and then um, into the business so those tenants for friendship are not necessarily true for partnering with business um Mm. trust me i've learned the hard way on this that too is a marriage in a different way and i would suggest and advise and wholly petition anyone listening to really to take stock in who you are what sort of personality and skill sets would add to what you bring to the table. Um, And then in that process of partnering with anyone, whether it's through a client relationship or through a business partnership co-founder, do some due diligence and vetting, um, not only with who the person is on paper, but how your dynamic is with that human being in a vast variety of situations uh, beyond just like high yes. points. Yeah, okay, Karis, oh feel me. Oh my God, I love that you brought this up. I have, so a lot of, I have people that come to me in groups and they're like, you know, we're starting this company, blah, blah, blah. Like, great, awesome, love it. But, you know, when you're dealing with the shit storm that is business, business? <laughs> like, oh my God, it's a divorce. Like, if things go wrong, I essentially write divorce papers yeah, and for businesses because and of yeah, no. Pick their partners right. Yeah, right. And it's 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 the work it takes to divorce in yeah. business is so taxing and draining and and expensive. just the pro- expensive. The process in it, um, it's really worth it for for you. As I know, like many of you listening are going to be like super excited, um, new entrepreneurs, um, and maybe some established entrepreneurs that are just like shit. I don't want to keep doing this by myself. I just urge you to think about who you who you jump choose, into bed with. Jump into bed with. Take your time with that process, even though I'm sure you feel a sense of urgency and a rush to like make things happen and get things done. That whole partnership component is is very, it's very fragile. That's yeah. not the right word. Well, um, it's, it's so important. It's and precarious. Yeah. Ooh. That's a good one too, right? Mm. Also, get your operating agreement done up front mm-hmm. or your corporate paperwork done up front. Go see your friendly lawyer and get it done because when things go down, if things go down poorly... It's like a prenup. It is a prenup. It's a business prenup. That's what I tell people mm-hmm. when they come and see me. And I'm like, I am preparing you for the zombie apocalypse when your business partner turns into a brain-eating monster. Even though you didn't think they would, they get bitten by another zombie. Yeah. I love that you brought this up so much. Ugh. I love I love the dynamic that you two bring. Um, and that the listeners can get from both of you collectively 
through this. This is like gold, listeners. Like this is <laughs> she is gold too. <laughs> Golden. This like this is very special. I'm telling you, this is gold information. And not only is it gold information, but you're hearing it from uh, someone who is a lawyer that I'm sure you could re- find a way to reach out to if need be after you listen to this and contract for services. So. Mm-hmm. Put that in your pocket and <laughs> and keep that with you forever. But uh, what was the how did yeah? So how did you find your way into this entrepreneurial endeavor? And like, let's talk about it a bit. Okay, yeah, let's go there. A lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's all of like all of life is trial and error. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. And a lot of it is peeling back layers. So when I. And I started doing this branding slash coaching work around helping uh, primarily like solopreneurs extract more purpose into their ventures. I was like, okay, I want to go deeper. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to position myself in that way. And I started this consulting company, Obrigada Group, in late 2012. Yeah. Let's talk about that name again. So Obrigada, I was like, oh, well, that's Portuguese for thank you. But it's actually Japanese. Yeah, so, yeah, I learned this when I was in Portugal. It's like the one Portuguese word that I learned while being there. <laughs> I'm typically better in other countries, but it's very tough. It sounds tough. like a very tough language that, like, mm. I I don't know any languages, so you're yeah. better than me. <laughs> yeah, um, so I was in Portugal on vacation, and we were in the Algarve, and we were to hang out on the beach, and we were staying with friends who had a beautiful, lovely house there sort of a uh, finca villa style with you know the pool and just gorgeous and so we we're very insulated and then we went um to the beach and it was like very chic and there's like <laughs> step and repeats and little oh tents. my god stop why yeah. are there step and repeats at the beach i don't know i don't know and i really yeah so that that was happening and tents for massage and it was like it was just like these shooting cliffs up out of the ocean it was gorgeous and we had this great day and then i think later in the day or the next day um, we were hanging out in the house, and we decided to go on bike ride just throughout the village. And we're biking, and it's really, like, underdeveloped, like, so underdeveloped. And, you know, it was funny. The day before, we were at the beach. Um, the friends we were with and some people we met at the beach were like, yeah, this is the place where Madonna vacations and, like, name-dropping all these people. Oh and I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but then, then, then that following day, we're, like, at the we're biking, and it's, like, literally looks like images you'd see off of somewhere in the developing world. And it was just so perplexing to me, like, how these two starkly, vastly different experiences coexist so closely to each other. Mm -hmm. And how this is okay, and how people are buying vacation homes here for years and coming here. Like, why is it okay? And so it really kind of, like, triggered at something. And I was just like, yeah, it, 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 it opened up a gateway, I think, into my calling. And forced me to look at privilege and who determines that and why that is and who determines lack of privilege and yeah. access to opportunity and yeah. and how how it is so easy to digest poverty right next to opulence just in so you know polar opposites and so very stark and so from that whole experience um I went back I was living in Holland at the time I went back to Holland and um, I was ready to transition from this whole coaching thing. And I had done this apprenticeship with the head of global marketing for Nike Women's Euro, like a one-on-one thing where she kind of like took me under her wing and kind of helped me like map out what my business was going to be. And 
I want to really look at that and focus in that area and really look at impact, um, both with women and with underserved, under-resourced groups. Mm. And so Obrigada kind of came out of that. It was the one word I learned. It was spawned from this very uh, special experience that I had that really kind of peeled back a veil over my eyes um, to to what is, is very common and happening all over the world. Um, and so I thought, and, and Obrigada means thank you. So I thought the thank you group and... I'm obsessed. Yeah. And so the mission was really around working with organizations um, and startups that have some sort of impactful focus and really helping them go to market, launch, scale, pivot, grow, reach more customers. All those the good, whole gamut. All those good corporate words that we love. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so that's really where it all started. Um, and then the whole tech thing kind of came about. It was very... Um, Tech kind of chose me. I did not choose tech. <laughs> um, those are the clients that just kept showing up, and I was like, okay. Can um, you pay me? Cool. We good. <laughs> well, no. I, even then, I was still very resistant because I was like, I don't – this isn't my space. Um, you know, I, I understand marketing and branding, and I understand whole women's empowerment and holistic side of things. So tech is, like, foreign. But I had a few early clients that kind of persisted after me, which made absolutely no sense because I had no real track record. So I was like, okay, they must be just driving with how I'm positioning myself and me as a person. So I guess I gotta follow that. So um, I kind of did. And then many years later, here we are. And I'm happy I did because it was one of those moments of divine guidance. It was a breadcrumb, as you'll hear me mention over and over and over and over. Follow your breadcrumbs, trust your breadcrumbs. I totally resisted, like I said, but it's... I'm, I'm grateful that I did it anyway. Yeah. Um, and, and began working in that, in that space of tech and impact because it's opened my world, uh, my network, my experience up so much and so profound. And of course now it's very valuable um, right. for where we are. Uh, very, very useful in solving a lot of these challenges. Solving problems. Yay. Fixing things. So that's really it. Oh my God, what a great, closing the circle. Yeah. That's another term. It's another mm-hmm. It's another right. corporate term they learn. Closing the circle, closing the gap. Well, every is bridges. circular. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Is there anything else you would like to touch on today? We covered so much. Uh, yeah, I, we went. We ran the gamut. We did. <laughs> we did. And lucky for you guys, I'm a talker, so you can catch me. Yeah, I made it easy. Yeah, great. I'll get you into a bunch of stories. I think I've shared pretty much everything. Oh, I'll give you just a quick update. Uh, we talked about how I got here and oh, the, yeah. the path to getting where I am and to have built what I've built and the hows and the whys and the whats. Uh, And now what it's really evolved into is compiling all of this experience with consulting and working with these really cool and innovative and pioneering startups and bringing that into an incubator model. Awesome. Uh, Yeah. Love a good incubator. Yeah. Yeah. So we're piloting it with a few startup studios in various emerging market cities, both domestically within the U.S. And then we're looking at a few city sets abroad, uh, primarily in continental Africa, Port of Prince, just we'll see, but um, and maybe Medellin, but yeah. So it's it's kind of taking that wealth of experience and and knowledge and just kind of showing up every day and not knowing where all of it's leading, and and compounding it together into something that 
I believe is going to serve much a lot a lot of people um, and reach reach so many. So it's it's primarily working with women and people of color, uh, communities that have been disenfranchised, underrepresented, underserved, and within the U.S. redline communities. Mm. Um, Can you explain what that is for people who don't know? Yeah, so redline communities is very very interesting. In I would say around. 30s, 40s, 50s, banks, If, as you know, if you, you're not from the States, in those times, uh, America was very segregated racially. You know, there was there was a lot going on. And so what banks were doing in those, in those times, particularly in the South, but uh, not limited to, they were taking uh, maps and they were drawing red lines around certain neighborhoods that had high populations of uh, people of color. And they were specifically deciding not to invest in those regions. And by investing, I mean through giving home loans, business loans, and things like that. So yeah, so redlining became this thing. And what's interesting is there was a study done, I think, in 2015 Mm -hmm. that took some of those old maps and placed a 2015 map over top of those old maps. And it showed that those areas that were redlined and were... Uh, refuse investment through home loans and business loans and things like that were the areas with the highest poverty, highest crime rates, drug, alcohol abuse, and traumas. We're going to have to talk after this goes off because I think this is... I have so many feelings that I can't wait to just, like, ramble on with you. I know. You. We need, like, five hours. Yeah. <gasps> I'm excited. So so those are the the, per- the areas that we focused on in, in bringing our network of uh, mentors that span the globe of experienced uh, entrepreneurs, C-level execs, um, and investors into these regions and working with the leaders to build out some startups in the form of worker co-ops because we're also looking at um, workforce development and and bridging that skills and wage gap in a very real and tangible way that's not very ethereal and theoretical. And, and then um, on top of that, I think I covered everything. But yeah, so that's really our focus now. And that's kind of where this this whole spiritual activist thing kind of ties into yeah. my very tangible uh, skills and career experiences because what we found also amongst the, the disenfranchisement and the redlining, for example, was that the cities that we looked at both here domestically within the U.S. and abroad, especially uh, within continental Africa, but not limited to the one commonality they had, regardless of geographic location, economic levels of where they were in that development scale, populations and what whatnot, the one commonality uh, thread that we found in all these places, which is wildly insane, was that their experience and exposure to trauma and the unresolved component of that and yeah. how that too has really affected the development in these regions or lack thereof. And so with Transform Ventures, the whole purpose and mission is going into these regions and understanding that there's this invisible barrier to sustainable development. There's a lot of pioneering happening in what are being deemed as new innovation hubs and Mm -hmm. pioneering centers, but many of them are running the risk of falling into that same cycle of creating a wealth gap socially, economically. So we, we're very uh, cognizant of that and aware of that. And we take that approach in, in every city that we go in and include that into the whole incubation model for, for building social enterprises and startups. 
So if people are interested in getting involved with like a social enterprise network, how do they do that? If they think it's cool and that it's something they want to either invest in or become involved with. So you can find all of our information at obrigadagroup.com with everything we're doing with Transform Ventures, O-B-R-I-G-A-D-A group.com. Perfect. (laughs) I didn't like think about that. Yeah. Um, And aside from that, where can we find you on social media, online, in the interwebs? Social, I am at I am Alicia Golden across, I'm pretty sure all channels. I am Alicia Golden. Perfect. Yeah. That's A-L-I-S-H-A-G-O-L-D-E-N. Perfect. Thank you for spelling that for us. And we're also really excited because soon we're also going to have Jen. Jen, where can we find you? You can find me at Jennifer L. Carden on Twitter and Instagram. And if you'd like to say, send me a Facebook message, you can send it at Jennifer Lane Carden. Um, I'm working on my website. It should be launching late spring. So. We know how that goes. Yeah. So get excited because she's going to be back soon. Thank you so much. Yeah, guys. this was really, really fun. I love, love, love you guys. And I love that not, on, not only are you having these really powerful conversations, but you guys are really committed to bringing value to your listeners in a very real and tangible way and that is just like music to my ears because I'm all about like how is it practical how is it real Mm -hmm. how can I walk away from this and utilize it right away so I love it Um, if anyone listening wants to reach out with any questions about this space of social entrepreneurship and you're building something I mentor a ton of people not to say that that's that's (laughs) no not to say that that's the space that I have right now but if you have a quick question you want to shoot me feel free I'm also on the grant making team for an organization called the pollination project Um, they're an organization based in the bay area and we fund grassroots initiatives that are kind of just getting off the ground but have a solid plan behind it or perhaps some uh, proven track record but we give a thousand dollars a day away in grant money so if you want you've got an idea and you just want to pilot something test something an mvp or you're actively working on a community project that you could use you know a thousand dollars in funding for definitely apply uh and and use my name as a reference that's amazing amazing thank you so much thank you and again, so much such Ugh. a power of women and the divine feminine in a goddess circle that brings together strong powerful intellectually sound confident women and i'm just so grateful that we have all come together and yeah. i love practical shit so this is great <laughs> so anyway <laughs> Uh, remember, you can always find us at www.nexttuesdaypodcast.com, and you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Next Tues Podcast. And I mean, we'll see you next Tuesday. Yeah, see you next Tuesday.